What is up, everybody? Welcome into the latest episode of Quick Hits. My name is Blake Pace. It is Thursday, January 28th. We've got a quarterback-filled episode for you guys today. Uh, we're going to go uh, down the list of supposed available quarterbacks. Uh, there's quite a uh, quite a good amount this year. Um, we're going to go down through each of the top options, um, guys who have either asked for trades out, uh, guys that their coaching staffs and and management have been non-committed or non-committal to their future with the organization. Um, you know, there's already you know we, we know the two big ones right now. You know, Deshaun Watson has uh, you know wants a trade out of Houston. Uh, Matthew Stafford and the Lions have mutually agreed to part ways, so we know at least one of these moves is going to happen. Deshaun, we have a pretty good sense it's going to happen. Matt Stafford, we know it's going to happen. It's just a a matter of when at this point. Um, I do believe he will be traded within the next two weeks or so. I believe after the Super Bowl, he's got a pretty hefty bonus that kicks in that I don't think Detroit wants to be paying. So I would say we could get Stafford traded even before the Super Bowl. Um, so we've got Watson, we've got Matt Stafford, and we're going to talk about a few more um, on the on the I guess a little bit lower level. So those are the two that you know uh, either have mutually agreed to part ways or want out. There's two quarterbacks who um, you know it, it, it's been rumored for quite some time that that they want to uh, they want to kick the tires on someone new, and and they're both in the NFC West. They both have great rosters, great coaching staffs, great management. Uh, but they're paying their quarterbacks too much for the production that they're not getting from them. And that's Jimmy Garoppolo with the San Francisco 49ers and Jared Goff with the Los Angeles Rams. So we're going to talk through all four of those options, talk about what what is even possible to happen. We'll take a look at the contracts, break it down, what would be fits. Because, look, yeah, there are some teams that want to trade for quarterbacks and want to have a new quarterback. But, hey, New Orleans, you're entering the offseason with negative $90 million in cap space. Yes, it'll shrink to 60 with Drew Brees retiring, but I mean that's still negative 60 million you can't take on a big contract. So we're gonna take a look at what's possible, what's not possible. Um, you know, best landing spots for Deshaun Watson. What teams shouldn't trade for Deshaun Watson? I know that sounds weird, but I do believe there is a team that shouldn't trade for him. Um, and then we'll take a look at the Matthew Stafford market because uh, it's already been reported that about a third of the league has reached out uh, to Detroit to engage in some trade talks. Um, and I've got a few thoughts there. So uh, we will go through all four of those. Um, you know, we'll mention a few other names that could possibly be on the move at the end, but I don't think would be too likely or wouldn't demand that much. Um, you know, wouldn't wouldn't be a hot topic on the market. And then we'll go on from there. So I think it's fair to start off with the biggest kahuna, um, a guy that is going to be a top five to seven quarterback for the next decade, a man that... Um, you know, if his team was in the playoffs, I think we would look at Deshaun Watson's season and look at his numbers and we'll say, oh, holy shit, he's got to finish in the top three of MVP voting, if not the top four along the likes of Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, I, he was unbelievable this season despite losing DeAndre Hopkins, despite having a bad roster, not a defense to support him, not an offensive line to keep him up. Uh, wide receivers that couldn't stay healthy, no real solid tight end play, no great running game. David Johnson had maybe a good first two weeks of the season, but kind of fell apart after that. Uh, he is someone that, you know, I, I'd be frustrated if I was him too. You know, you look across, and I talk about this all the time, you know, we, we see quarterbacks' careers get ruined by, um, you know, the in uh, instability of a franchise. And, 
you know, I always will go back to the Ryan Grigson era, and I will blame that man till the day I die for ruining Andrew Luck's career. Uh, you know, you ask your quarterback to do too much. You don't draft well. You don't, uh, you don't handle free agency well. You don't hire the right coaches. Obviously, the GM is bad. And so Deshaun has to take a look across the league and, and say, okay, I don't want to end up like Andrew Luck. I want to have a career like Patrick Mahomes is starting to have or to be able to play with a great head coach and a great team like Tom Brady did for 20 years. You know, I, I deserve that. And he's too talented of a quarterback to not. Um, so, you know, then he says in this offseason, he goes, okay, well, you know, give me a chance to have some say in here. I'm the franchise quarterback. I know what I want as a head coach. You know, I, I think it was it's pretty clear that, you know, maybe the Bill O'Brien relationship wasn't as strong um, as everybody might have thought it was. So he's saying, okay, well, let me be part of this hiring process. And he wanted Eric Bieniemy. You know, he's good friends with Patrick Mahomes, and, and they've had conversations about the coaches. And he, and Patrick Mahomes is like, hey, yeah, get Eric Bieniemy to Houston. You guys will have a lot of success. So he asked for that, um, and he was told he was going to be part of that process. It wasn't him asking. It was the owner coming down and saying, you are a franchise quarterback. You deserve the opportunity to have some say in this. He says, hey, yeah, you should interview Eric Bieniemy. They don't even interview him on the first round of interviews. So that's where everything gets, uh, you know, kind of tricky. He stops answering the owner. Um, then they go and they hire uh, Nick Casario to be the new GM from New England and his old relationship with Jack Easterby and them praying to God with Cal McNair every night. I don't, the whole situation in Houston is fucked up. Now they've hired their head coach, um, the assistant head coach and, and wide receivers coach from the Baltimore Ravens. The coaching staff is meh. I think it's a lot of character, which I, you know, I said last week. You know, you need character hires at this point if you're Houston. You need players to want to play there and to have some coaches that they want to play for. There's a couple names in there in the coaching staff. They're like, okay, you know, good character guys that hopefully can um, separate the drama above in, in management and ownership. Separate that from the players. So Deshaun wants out, and there's a few places that make somewhat sense. Uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, every team should want Deshaun Watson if you don't have your franchise quarterback and, and you don't have your young franchise quarterback. So even for those guys that have quarterbacks towards the end of their careers, like a Pittsburgh and Ben Roethlisberger in Atlanta with Matt Ryan, like every team should want Deshaun Watson. Now it's not super realistic um, and, and you are going to have to give up a lot. I think a lot of people expect Deshaun Watson to be the first domino of this offseason. I think he might end up being one of the last names to get moved. Um, as I said, I, I think Matt Stafford will be the first to get get going. I think Houston, it, it's going to come down. to uh, Draft picks are really important this time around for a, a Deshaun Watson. You know, a team like the Jets with the number two pick. You know, um, Carolina is in, is in the top eight. Atlanta's picking at four. You know, there's a lot that... Um, these teams don't know yet about the the crop of college quarterbacks that are going to be available. So I think a Deshaun Watson trade might not happen until, you know, a few weeks before the draft, if it happens at all. I do believe it'll happen at this point. I just, I, I, I could see a situation in which Houston ownership and management just goes, fuck you, Deshaun. You play here, you show up, or, or you don't play. Um, so, you know, there are a few teams that, that spark your interest. The first clearly being the Miami Dolphins. You know, there's a uh, a realistic kind of trade in there, you know, <laughs> the, the Dolphins own the Texans number three pick this year, you would probably be able to get that back, they also have Tua Tunga-Vailoa, uh, which 
Um, through the grapevines, Jack Easterby, not Jack Easterby, sorry, Nick Casario fell in love with during the draft last year um, when he was working with New England. New England wasn't picking low enough to be able to draft him. They weren't able to work a trade out to be able to draft him. He ends up in Miami. Um, I don't think Brian Flores wants Tua Tungavailoa as their uh, as their franchise quarterback. The GM does. Obviously, you want to stick by your guy and say that you drafted right. Well, hey, uh, Justin Herbert went one pick after you and had the most prolific rookie quarterback season we've ever seen, statistically. Um, so, you know, I think Brian Flores is saying, okay, well, my GM isn't going to let me move on from Tua unless there is just far and away a much better option. And so, you know, I don't expect Miami to be in the market for a Matt Stafford trade because it's 32. Um, you know, Tua is so young at that point. I, I think the GM is like, no, that doesn't make sense. You know, we've got Tua for 15 years if they still love him. Um, but Deshaun Watson is only a few years older. I think he's 25 now. So you're, you're like, okay, we're still getting our franchise quarterback for the next decade plus. So I think as as long as you know management really is willing to move on from Tua and recognize that hey at the very best if he turns around he's still not going to be Deshaun Watson and we have the roster right now we have the coaching staff in place where shit we were one game out of the postseason if we switch the quarterbacks and and we don't have to go to uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick in the second half of three games because Tua's not getting it done we could be Super Bowl contenders so I think that Deshaun is good enough and young enough to um to end the honeymoon phase with with Tua in Miami. So I think I think management would want to get it done. They do have a lot of picks to offer up. As I said, you could give Houston back their number three pick. You can also you also could give them their potential next franchise quarterback. You know I'm not a big Tua guy, um, but if, if people still are holding on to that, then I think that that's a great trade piece to have. So Miami, to me, I take a look at makes so much sense. And then there's another team that seems to be really interested too, and that's the New York Jets. And Obviously, if you are a Jets fan or if you, I mean, if you're a Deshaun Watson fan, it's cool to get him in New York City. For the Jets fans, you've been miserable with the quarterbacks you've had to play over the last 20 years. I mean, I know I loved Mark Sanchez too for a little bit, but I mean, Deshaun Watson would be the greatest Jets quarterback since what? Broadway Joe? I mean, it's, uh, it would be the most, um, it would be the the most. It, it would be the biggest trade the Jets have made, or the biggest acquisition, or the biggest player on the Jets in decades. So, obviously, for Jets fans, they want to have a guy that they can just say, "Finally, we've got a great quarterback." Yes, everything else is a little bit messy right now, but we've got the franchise quarterback. I do have a little bit of pause with with the Jets here because, you know, I, I loved. The head coaching hire, Robert Sala is building out a fantastic coaching staff these last few weeks. I do believe in Joe Douglas. I thought last year's draft went fairly well, and and really the free agent signings that he's made are, are guys that you can kind of cut quickly, move on from the money. They're just taking some some uh, you know low floor, high ceiling guys in free agency and saying, let's see what we can get out of these guys. So I, I like what they are doing. My problem becomes to the fact that, that the Jets still have a lot of holes. I still think they probably need about three offensive linemen, one of them being a, a right tackle, a couple guys in the middle. They don't have a pass rush. Their secondary is, you know, them in Oakland, or sorry, them in Las Vegas. So, I mean, it's got to be the worst in the NFL. Linebacker is okay, but it's getting older. Not a lot of running back talent. 
receiver talent. You're, you're banking on Denzel Mims. At the end of the day, the, the Jets, you, you would have to give up a lot for Deshaun Watson. And at this point, I'm not sure if that's the best move. Because, yes, you're getting your franchise quarterback. Yes, you're building for the next decade. But with, you know, uh, Joe Douglas, you, you look at his track record. Where did he come from? He came from Baltimore, and then he went to Philadelphia. Both of those regimes aren't big on the free agent signings. They are built through the draft guys. They are, you know, building that homegrown talent, being able to extend your own guys with the cap space that you have. We see it across the league now. GMs are, you know, the smart GMs aren't the ones that are trying to build super teams via trade or free agency. The ones, you know, evaluating their own talent, building through the draft, committing to their guys. And when I take a look at Joe Douglas's track record, I just don't think it makes a lot of sense for him to say, you know, I'm going to skew away from what has gotten me to this point. And now I'm going to give up, you know, almost all of my draft capital for a guy um, that will come in and he will be great. He will be fantastic. Jets fans will love him for the next decade. It will be a slam dunk. But what happens if it's a few years and you still haven't been able to really make that that many improvements in free agency? Now, you, you can get, you know, some secondary help. I don't believe the market for defensive backs this year is that great. I think if anything, you could go really hard on the edge rushers in free agency this year and get some help. Draft, uh, I think you can find a tackle in the second round or so. If you don't want to waste one of your early picks on a tackle, it's a pretty deep class. Receiver as always. Um, and also, I think if you get Deshaun to the Jets, I think you would attract one of the free agent wide receivers, whether that be Kenny Galladay or Allen Robinson. They have the cap space to make either work. Um, I think Allen Robinson at, a, at this point is trying to play with a great quarterback, doesn't really care about the money. Kenny Galladay might just take the best offer that's out there since he's already been playing with a quarterback for the last, you know, couple of years that that's talented in Matt Stafford. But when I take a look at Deshaun, I just don't, it's, it's a risk because if it doesn't work out, then you kind of have built a similar situation where you just don't have the roster to compete and you're asking Deshaun to do just as much. I mean, you take a look at the foundational pieces on the Jets right now. They're basically the same as the Houston Texans. You've got your stud young left tackle, Laramie Tunsil in Houston. Mekhi Becton with the Jets. You've got some intriguing receivers. You know, you've got Denzel Mims. Uh, you know, they, they've had Will Fuller for the last few years. I mean, they had DeAndre Hopkins. Um, but, you know, he got in Brandon Cooks. So the receiver talent is eh. But then on the defense, it's like, okay, you know, you've got Quinn and Williams. I mean, Marcus May is a free agent. You got C.J. Mosley. I mean, it just it isn't going to be like Deshaun Watson takes a look at this roster and says, "Oh, I'm 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 joining a better team." Now you can get him to buy into the fact that, as I said, the head coach is one of the most loved in all of football, and it's been a few weeks that he's been a head coach. Players love to play for him. So it's going to be at least a much better culture. They've gotten rid of Adam Gase. Hopefully they can separate ownership from, from having any impact on this. And, and they can just say, okay, just own the team. Let us do our work. Um, because I know ownership has gotten in the way a few times there in New York. So, you know, I know that culture-wise it makes sense. You're getting him to a big market in New York. And you're hoping like, okay, in a year or two we can really build something special here. I just think if you take a look at Joe Douglas's track record, it doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, he is one of those guys that is going to try and build this roster through the draft. And if you have to give up 
your two first round picks this year or you know a first next year or a second next year I, I have no idea what the what the you know what you're gonna have to give up for Deshaun Watson it's gonna be a ton but I just I don't know if at the end of the day it, it makes the most sense especially when you're in a situation where the offensive system that they've got has had a lot of success with just average quarterback play and that's going back to San Francisco with Jimmy Garoppolo being very average, play action, great run game, zone run concepts, um, you know, a, a guy like Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, if you can get a tight end in there. So, so the, you know, the offensive system that is there is going to be able to build around an average quarterback. So at the very least, I think it makes more sense to at least give it another try with Sam Darnold. And I know that sounds crazy, and it sounds crazy to say it because of how much I have, uh, you know, I haven't liked Sam Darnold since he came out of college, but I do think if, if we can get, if Jared Goff and Jimmy Garoppolo are able to get to the Super Bowl in that system, I think Sam Darnold can be a an above average quarterback with that scheme. And it might not, it, it, the tough part is, is it always takes a little while to get them into a new system. And, and Sam has been in what, three new systems in already? in his young career, so it might take some time, but even if it's not Sam Darnold, I, I think you might also be better off just using that second overall pick on a Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, because not only is that system great for average quarterbacks, it's also great for young quarterbacks. You know, Jared Goff, you know, when they flipped from Jeff Fisher to Sean McVay, he took a massive step forward in year two, and then in year three, it was great. They made it to the Super Bowl. It's like, holy shit, the Rams turn this man's career around. They helped him develop. Um, so, I, you know, I take a look and I say, look, Sam could be above average. If one of these rookie quarterbacks hit, and I'm a big Zach Wilson fan, I'm a big Justin Fields fan, they could hit. Plus, you've got them on a rookie contract at that point, so you have even more cap space if you need to use it. Um, I just think the Jets have too many options now where I'd say sacrificing the future of, of building through the draft is something that Joe Douglas won't want to do at the end of the day. So I don't know. I could be wrong. At the end, of, it still is Deshaun Watson. It's still a top five quarterback for the next 10 to 12 years. So I get doing it for any team. But I just, if I'm the Jets, I've got so many options where we could build this thing and, and stay true to the plan and stay patient where I feel like a lot of these times we could jump the gun. You know, Deshaun going to Miami, that's instant. That's instant success. Deshaun in Miami is is a title contender from day one. Deshaun Watson in the Jets, it might be till year three that they're a title contender if they build well, you know, and it might even be longer if they don't have a, a ton of draft capital. So yes, Jets fans, you'd be getting... You'd be getting this quarterback that is a generational talent, but I would almost rather stick true to the plan and let it slowly work out. Let Joe Douglas do his work, not jump the gun because, um, as I said, I don't think the Jets with Deshaun Watson and he say they signed an Allen Robinson, I, I mean, that's not a team to me that is going to be pushing for the playoffs next year. I mean, the Texans were, what, 4-12 and this year? You know, I, I just, I feel like I just I feel like that that's not the right direction for him. I would almost rather stay true to the plan, be patient, because say you trade for Deshaun Watson and it doesn't work out in the first two years and he's getting banged up because the offensive line hasn't been completely fixed yet, 
you're you're just you're you're it's a bigger risk than I'd say than playing out the plan. Uh, and if I'm Deshaun, I would rather go to a place where I say it's year one and we and we get really you know a chance to go win a title. I think that that is appealing to him. There's two other locations that that I mean there's there's a bunch of locations that really stand out. You know, like if if Chicago is able to pull off a trade for Deshaun Watson and finally you know, uh, you know, make amends for drafting Mitch ahead of him. That's a great situation. You know, they're a great defense. Um, okay offensive line, good weapons around David Montgomery. I do believe in Matt Nagy. I thought what we saw at the end of the season, I feel like you could give it another shot with a great quarterback there. I think it would work. Um, I don't know how likely it would be, though. Uh, so... You know, Chicago's one where I say, look, that would be that would be extremely helpful for them. There's a bunch of teams, but there's two, and we're going to talk about their quarterbacks in just a little bit later, where I say, hey, if they're able to trade away Jimmy Garoppolo, or they're able to trade away Jared Goff, can you slide in Deshaun Watson to the Rams or the 49ers? I mean, those are also two instant, instant title contenders, and stronger ones than Miami, probably. I love Miami. But I think the path to the Super Bowl is much easier now in the NFC than it is in the AFC. AFC, every year, you're going to have to go through Patrick Mahomes. You're going to have to go through the Bills. Potentially the Chargers. I'm, I'm big on the Chargers next year. Uh, the Ravens. The Colts, if they can get a guy you know, at, at quarterback. I, I think Deshaun... And what's, what's more appealing about that, too, from the Texans' perspective, is you get him out of the conference. And that's the same thing they did with DeAndre Hopkins. The Jets had a better trade offer to the Houston Texans for DeAndre Hopkins. They did. They made a better offer, but they wanted to get him out of the conference, so they sent him to Arizona for a lesser package. Is that going to be a similar situation? Do they do that same thing now where they say, well, look, we're not going to send you to Miami. We're not going to send you to New York. We're going to send you out to the NFC. And man, I'll tell you what, if they, if, if the Texans like the potential of Jared Goff and there's something that can be worked out there, I mean, holy shit, the Rams would... Uh, the, the Rams would be instant title contenders, and I mean, it's 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 dynasty potential. It could be Kansas City-esque if Deshaun Watson was able to end up on the Rams. Um, obviously, the cap situation is wonky, so you have to kind of, you have to trade away Jared Goff and some other pieces to free up the room, but I mean, damn, I, that would be something. It, it really comes down to how does, how does the Texans weigh, how does Texans management Nick Casario, how does he view this rookie quarterback class? And then how does he view the other available co- uh, quarterbacks? Does he think Jimmy Garoppolo can be good? He came from New England. Does he think he could make Jimmy G work in here? Does he think that Jared Goff is young enough and has shown enough potential in that year two and three of his career where they say, we could find that again. He's still young enough, former number one overall pick. We could trade for him. Uh, you know, or do they say that Jets number two pick or that Miami number three pick, those are more valuable because we love some of the guys in this draft. Or do they say Miami, we we love Tua and we love, you know, Jamar Chase in this draft class or Devonta Smith. Um, there's so many directions that Houston can go in. So I kind of feel like that one is going to be one of the more... Um, Slower developing stories. I think that we are going to get some final answers on Matt Stafford first, get some final answers on Jimmy G and Jared Goff first, um, and then Deshaun kind of will fill out where it'll go next. I I think the four that stand out to me 
are the Dolphins, the Jets, the 49ers, and the Rams. And the 49ers and the Rams is contingent on them being able to move off of their quarterback contracts, which we don't know how possible that's going to be. Um, but those are the four that stick out to me the most. If I want to throw in a fifth, send them back to Carolina, uh, send them back to the to the to Clemson country, let them roll with the Panthers. That would be a lot of fun. That would be a lot of fun. Like uh, great environment, great young team, but you know, kind of a similar situation with Carolina, where I say, would you have to give up too much that it would ruin the slow developing plan that you guys are building? So, you know, I, I think three of them are instant title contenders: Miami, San Francisco, and. Um, and Los Angeles with the Rams, I think the Jets would be kind of a little bit of a risk just because there's no guarantee that with limited draft capital, Joe Douglas will be able to uh, stick to his plan and stick to his roots growing up uh, and, and learning from two organizations that built through the draft and built successful title teams through the draft. Um, and then Carolina would be another one where I'd say, man, you might have to give up a little bit too much and the team really isn't there yet to go to instant contenders. You know, the Jets and the Panthers... I'd say it would be about two or three years before you really get going with Deshaun. So obviously, Deshaun Watson demands the most time of, of this podcast. He deserves most of the conversation because he really is the biggest domino effect. I mean, you could instantly have a title contender in three different uh, franchises if he's on the move. Um, more as well, too, if, if, you know, I mean, look. There's no way that the Saints are going to be able to trade for Deshaun Watson because of the cap space. But you put him on the Saints, and all of a sudden, the Saints are are way better than they were this year because Drew Brees is a noodle arm and Deshaun Watson is great. Um, you know, there's there's a bunch of different options, you know, like the Washington football team, the New York Giants. There, there's a ton of teams, the New England Patriots, but I just don't think that those ones make sense. I mean, at the end of the day, I really do think that the, the Texans might just say, we'll send them to the NFC. I mean, I, I don't get that. I... If you have a, the, the, you have to accept the best offer available, <laughs> and and the Jets had a better offer than what the Texans got back from Arizona for DeAndre Hopkins. So I don't know. It, it's going to be so interesting to see what happens with Deshaun Watson. But um, let's move on to one guy that we do know will be on the move at least in the next few weeks, and that's Lions quarterback Matthew Stafford. Uh, I believe 32 years old at this point. He has had uh, a. a, a such an underappreciated career in Detroit. Um, he's another guy that I I take a look at and I say, you know, he's kind of an Andrew Luck situation. If Andrew Luck didn't retire, he just put up with the bullshit for an extra five years. You know, Matt has dealt with um, terrible coaching hires, terrible mismanagement. Ownership isn't that great. Uh, they've had offensive playmakers around, you know, but the offensive line has never been that great. He's dealt with injuries. He's dealt with bad defenses. They fired the best head coach that they had after two seasons and haven't been able to have as many wins since in um, in Jim Caldwell. Uh, that one never made sense to me. They finally started having success, more success than they had had in, in the entire Matt Stafford era with Jim Caldwell. Now, it wasn't amazing success, but it was finally getting into the pushing to the playoffs type success. And then they fire him from Matt Patricia, and that was a shit show. Um, so Matt Stafford, he deserves better. Um, and it's been reported that a third of the league has been calling him. Uh, uh, I think his name is Jeremy Fowler, or it's, it's Jay Fowler over at ESPN. He has put it out there that Stafford's preferred location is the Indianapolis Colts. So I have to, A, talk about this from a Colts perspective, and then B, talk about it from like a... 
I, I have to be realistic, and I hope I hope that I sound realistic when I talk about the Colts. Because when I when I I was thinking about this the other day, you know, I'm a I'm a diehard Yankees fan. I'm a diehard Knicks fan. I'm very irrational about both of those teams. And it's funny to be an irrational Knicks fan because they always are one of the worst teams in the league, but I always buy into it. I'm doing it right now this year when they're, I think they're 8-9 and nine or something like that. Like, they're they're okay, but I'm buying into it. You know, the Yankees, I always say it's World Series or bust. But because I spend so much time evaluating football, evaluating the league, seeing what teams are doing, I, I feel like I'm way more realistic with the Colts than I am my other team. So I hope you guys understand um, where I come from with that. And I hope that that shows when I talk about them. So when I take a look at the Colts situation, I mean, I, I think it's an instant upgrade. I think it's an instant, we go from a wild card team to uh, a top three seed in the AFC uh, we've got a young defense where we're not paying a ton of guys yet. A great offensive line. We do have to find a new left tackle. But a great young offensive line. Playmakers are young and developing. Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell will be back. Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack might be back. Naeem Hines. Uh, some some young or some fun tight ends in there to mix things up. Jack Doyle, Mo Ali Cox, Trey Burton was great this year for us as a free agent signing. Coaching is great. It's aggressive. It's it's smart. You know, Reich had... I, I was a little critical of Frank Reich this year. I felt like from a first half of a game to a second half of a game, it was wishy-washy and, and inconsistent. But I do believe he's a good head coach defensively. You know, young studs at all three levels. You know, DeForest Buckner at defensive tackle. Darius Leonard at linebacker. Uh, if you want to go into the secondary, Julian Blackman, rookie safety, was phenomenal this year after, you know, uh, overcoming an ACL injury in, I believe, nine months. Um, it's... To me, it is the perfect situation for Matthew Stafford. You know, sure, pairing him with Bill Belichick in New England would be fun, but we saw Tom Brady leave New England because of the lack of talent there. You know, Matt Stafford was just getting accustomed to Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, DeAndre Swift, TJ Hawkinson. He was finally getting excited to have some nice weapons, and then it's Nikhil Harry and Sony Michelle and... Um, you know, what's his name? Harris. Uh, forget his first name. But I take a look and I say, yeah, it would be fun to put him in New England and they do need a franchise quarterback. But I mean, is Matt Stafford going to enjoy those weapons? Is he going to enjoy throwing to those guys? I don't believe Miami to be a realistic location. I think it's either Deshaun Watson or Tua. Unfortunately, I, I would want them to to try and upgrade from Tua nonetheless. I would love to see him try and trade Tua and draft Fields or Wilson with the number three pick. Um, so, you know, I think there's a lot to... Uh, there's just not a lot of situations that make a ton of sense for Matt Stafford. Carolina would be fun. A lot of weapons there, but I don't think the defense is there yet or the offensive line where I could say, okay, they're going to be contending... You know, you can cross off Chicago because they're not going to do it in the division. San Francisco and Los Angeles just with Deshaun Watson. It, look, if the cost for Deshaun is too much and you can get Matt Stafford for less, you have to consider those options. Matt Stafford would love both of them. But I just, I keep going back to Indy and everybody keeps talking about it now. So I feel, I, I feel like I'm not being a fanboy when I say it. It really does seem like the most ideal location, especially with the reports that it might be his favorite spot um, out of all the available options. 
trying to think if any other teams would make sense. I'm going through all the divisions right now. You know, Washington football team is another situation where I don't think that... I think Matt Stafford's best bet is going to a place where it's year one contending for a title. And that's Los Angeles. That's San Francisco. Indianapolis will be put like... Indianapolis would be a title contender with Matthew Stafford. They just would. Maybe if they can add in another wide receiver, an older guy to kind of compliment Michael Pittman in free agency. But Matthew Stafford on the Colts would be a title contender. And I just don't think there are that many locations where I feel confident in saying that. Washington is still a year or two away from me. Carolina is... New England, I just don't think the weapons make sense. And they don't have a lot of draft capital. So then it's... You know, and and I don't know. I just, I wouldn't buy into the fact that he would love the idea of playing in New England. Miami won't do it. Yeah, I really think it's the Colts that make the most sense, if not, than San Francisco or Los Angeles. But they have a situation first where they need to figure out their quarterback position, which is why I don't, I, I think we have to cross them off, is Matt Stafford is going to be traded before that bonus kicks in. And I don't think the 49ers or the Rams will have reached a decision about their quarterbacks in the next few weeks. Um, I'm recording this, uh, Deshaun Watson officially requested his trade from the Texans. Um, he supposedly, he supposedly did it weeks ago, but the news is just breaking. Um, their new head coach hire, David Culley has not and will not alter Wilson Watson's thinking. So he's going to be on his way out. Sorry to interrupt right now. Um, so this trade could ramp up soon. Now I'm not entirely sure. Uh, but this will be really interesting. Um, but to go back to Stafford, I, I think you put him in a situation where the Colts, he's got five to seven great years left in him. He's really underappreciated. I know the indie market isn't a massive one where people start to appreciate him, but it'll be a situation where they win a lot of games. Um, and I think the division is getting better. You know, Jacksonville is a, is a, a, a while away, in my opinion. Um, Tennessee has been pretty good the last few years. We'll see what the absence of Arthur Smith does to that offense. The Texans are a shit show. I think, I think Matt Stafford looks and he says, okay, I'm, I'm winning that division next year at the very least. And we're going to push towards an AFC championship game. Whereas, you know, out West with the Rams and the 49ers, you have to compete with all four teams to win that division. I mean, we saw how tough it was to, to make it out of that division this year. Arizona finished what eight and eight and just missed the playoffs. So um, I don't know. Stafford to, to Indy makes the most sense to me. But like I said, there's a lot of teams interested. So if it really comes down to the best offer and another team is you know willing to give up more than they probably should, then I, I believe that the Lions will do that. Um, I do believe Matt Stafford has a good enough relationship with management and ownership to where they would send him to a place that he would like to go. But at the end of the day, if, if there's a team that just blows them away with an offer, they're probably going to have to accept that. All right, so let's move on. I'm going to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo and Jared Goff in the same breath. I think their situations are too similar where we don't really need to go separate situations for them. Their average quarterback plays dependent on the system. That system has made quarterbacks across the league look good for years now. I've said it a bunch on this podcast. I don't think Ryan Tannehill is who Ryan Tannehill has been the last two years. Everybody says he left Adam Gaze and instantly became better. That's true in a sense, but they also finally figured out that, hey, we can make average quarterbacks look above average with a lot of play action and, and a good run game, and that's what Tennessee did with Ryan Tannehill. It's what the Browns did with Baker Mayfield this year. It's what the 49ers have been doing with Jimmy Garoppolo and Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard and whoever they've had to throw out there, and it's what the Rams have done with Jared Goff. These quarterbacks 
have it easier under really great play-action systems with good run games. And so Jimmy Garoppolo and Jared Goff, to me, are not, you know, quarterbacks that can win playoff games on their own. They're quarterbacks that are into the system, you know, stay true to the system, and, and you know, let coaching win those playoff games. And I think that's how we got the 49ers to the Super Bowl last year. I think that's how the Rams got to the Super Bowl the year before. It's a great defense coaching, and the quarterback just doesn't have to fuck it up. Um, so... What is that worth in the trade market? To me, it's not much. You know, Matthew Stafford, I, I'm not sure. Is he going to require a first-round pick and maybe a second-round pick in next year's draft? If he's worth that, Jared Goff and Jimmy Garoppolo might not even get... I mean, they'll probably get maybe a second and a third... Maybe a couple of seconds. I mean, I don't think you get a first-round pick for Jared Goff or Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, Matt Stafford has talent. He has proven that system aside, talent aside, uh, around him, he can be the guy that wins games. And he's kept Detroit somewhat afloat uh, as, as, much as, he's, as much as he could over the last decade. So... I, I just I don't know if the market is going to be that great for the 49ers and the Rams. But that being said, I don't think they're going to care that much. I think they're they're fed up with this. They say we've got a great enough roster where we just need a little bit better of a quarterback to win a Super Bowl. And I think that that's really true. I think if you had a guy that can make five to ten plays a game on his own without the benefit of that system, and he can just say this is a fuck you play. I'm a good quarterback. I think that they could be, you know, both teams could be Super Bowl contenders. So Jared Goff and Jimmy G, I don't think are going to get much back in return, but the locations are really interesting to think of. You know, would Brian Flores say that, you know, say they miss out on Deshaun Watson, Brian Flores goes to management and says, guys, Tua isn't it. Tua is not going to work. Let's trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm familiar with him from New England. I can make that work more than I can make Tua work. Now, I don't believe that to be necessarily totally true. I think, you know, you still run into some problems with Jimmy Garoppolo, but that's one location that I think would make sense. As I just mentioned, would the Texans make sense for either of those guys? I don't know. You know, Jared Goff is young enough where they could say, you know, at least we're getting a young quarterback who, you know, has been in a Super Bowl a couple years ago. Or, you know, Nick Casario and Jack Easterby say, hey, we love Jimmy G in New England. We could go get him. Uh, the most realistic situation for Jimmy Garoppolo to me is I, I think he's going to go back to New England. I really do. Um, I, I think New England will end up with Jimmy Garoppolo as their starting quarterback next season. I think that the Rams might be holding on to Jared Goff for just one more year because I think his cap hit is absurd this year. Let me pull it up. Jared Goff's contract, his uh, cap hit this upcoming season is $34 million. $65 million in dead cap. I think it makes a lot more sense to roll out one more year with Jared Goff and then next year when the dead cap just, I mean, it moves down to $31 million. Um, You know, there is a potential out after the 2022 season. And then in 2023, when he's 29, it turns into 8.6 million. I, I said it on a podcast. I'm not sure if it was, if I had started this show or if it was my earlier podcast. I said when it was signed that this Jared Goff contract was going to be one of the worst in the NFL. 
Um, and I think you take a look at the next two years, I think that's very true. When you just take a look at the dead cap and the cap hits that it's going to have over the next two seasons, it does get easier in 2023. It, it shrinks down to a dead cap of $8.6 million. And so it's much easier to move on from Jared Goff in 2023. But do the Rams look at their roster and say, look, by 2023, we're not going to have all of these guys here. We're going to have to lose guys to free agency. We have a Super Bowl window now. We need to get back to the Super Bowl with this core or else we're going to be in a situation with, uh, you know, where, where you, you lose out on the window, then you trade the quarterback. The team is still not great at that point. Um, so, I, you know, for the Rams, the dead cap is, is a serious problem. Um, but I, I And I don't think that they might be able to make it done this year. And they've said that it's going to be a quarterback competition between uh, Jared Goff and John Wofford, which makes me think that Goff is going to be back. But for how much longer? I think the 49ers have a much easier out this year with Jimmy Garoppolo. The dead cap for this next season is $2.8 million. So they've already gotten through the bad parts of that contract. Yes, he's earned, he's uh, going to be making $26 million this year or this upcoming season. But only 2.8 of that is dead cap hit. So I think the 49ers take a look and they say, we can move on from Jimmy G now. So I, I, I believe Jared Goff is going to stay put. Jimmy Garoppolo, to me, is on the move. And I believe he's going back to New England. Um, and, and whether that is the right move for Bill Belichick or not, we'll have to find out. What will Bill have to give up? I don't think it's going to be much. I think at the end of the day, the 49ers are just going to have to cut their losses and say, look, we paid this quarterback. It didn't work. We didn't really give up that much to trade for him in the first place. So if we can get just something back in return, then we'd be fine with that. I think Jimmy G, Jimmy G is going to be a New England Patriot next year. Whether they can have success with him there, I have no idea. Um, you know, I'm not going to count out Bill Belichick um, and, and, you know, Josh McDaniels as that offensive coordinator. I'm sure they would be a good team, but, you know, I, I think... I think there's definitely some risk to it, but I think it's the move that's going to happen. Um, so I, I do think that Jimmy G on the Patriots makes a lot of sense. I don't believe they'll be able to move off of Jared Goff until, I mean, God, even a even a 31 or a 31 million cap hit in 2022 is is a tough pill to swallow. Jared Goff might be on the Rams until 2023, which you know is gonna you know Les Snead's gonna look back and say what the fuck were we thinking because we they extended him so early on in his rookie deal it made no sense it was after they made it to the Super Bowl Les Snead hands out it, a fat extension um, a fat extension that doesn't start until next year like that's the problem this contract extension that Goff got hasn't even started it starts next season so it's gonna take two years to me to be able to move off of him um, I don't know. I just I feel like the Rams might be stuck with him for a bit, and it might ruin this Super Bowl window that they're in with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey on defense, and you know a guy like Leonard Floyd if they can bring him back. You know, uh, you know you've got Cam Akers around, you've got good wide receivers, but at what point are you going to start losing guys to free agency? You don't. You're not going to be drafting at, you know that high in the draft because you're going to be a good team. You're just not going to be great. Um, so the the Rams are in a really tricky position. The 49ers to me have an easy out. And I think that I think that there's a team that, look, I think they're probably just going to trade for Jimmy G back and say, okay, this is our guy. Uh, he's only 30 years old. Um, so the 49ers, to me, have an easy out. The Rams have a tough battle ahead for him. Matt Stafford should be deal, uh, dealt with in the next couple of weeks. And then Deshaun, 
I don't know how quick it's going to happen with him. I'm assuming it'll be closer to the draft once a lot of these teams know how they feel about the rookie quarterback class because there's so much that has to be done. You know, the Senior Bowl is this week. Um, there's a, a bunch of other stuff that they're going to have to do. They're going to have to go to... Um, they're going to have to go over to, uh, you know, uh, whatever the... You know, um, what what the fuck they call it? The Combine. Sorry, Jesus. That was the biggest brain fart I think I've ever had on this show. Uh, they're going to have to figure out what's going on with the virtual combine, player interviews. They're going to need to figure out where they're at with this um, with this rookie quarterback class before I think they make decisions to move on from Deshaun Watson. So those are uh, those are the four guys that I think I wanted to talk about the most. Um, you know, there's there's a ton of quarterbacks that it's like, okay, what's their future going to be? You know, Matt Ryan is a guy that's getting up there in age, and Atlanta might want a new regime in there. Is there a package where they could unload of Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and just start new, give Arthur Smith a little bit more time to build in the next crop there. Uh, you know, what's the future for Teddy Bridgewater? Is he going to be a nice veteran quarterback to a young rookie who comes into this league if, if the Carolina Panthers can move up from the eighth overall pick to get a top guy? Um, Sam Darnold, his future with the Jets, he could be a guy that just stays there. You know, he really could be. Um, they could try and just make it work out with Sam and, and say, look, we're just going to build around him and this offensive system makes average quarterbacks appear above average and maybe we can, you know, get a little bit more out of Darnold. You know, the trade value for him right now is is not going to... With the guys that are available right now, Sam Darnold has the least amount of value. Because Jared Goff and Jimmy Garoppolo, you've seen that you can win with him. We've seen nothing from Sam Darnold. He had one flash last year. I think it was a seven-game stretch where it was like, oh, he's playing pretty good. But the defenses weren't that great that he was playing against. So he would go for, like, nothing... Um, and so then I think there's a bunch of guys, you know, like Mitch, what's his future, but he's not going to be a starter. There's a lot of guys that are going to be on the move, but those are the big four I wanted to talk about. So we will head in, uh, to the rest of this week. I'll talk to you guys next week about some more stuff going on in the NFL. Um, make sure to go like review, subscribe to the pod, uh, share it with a friend. Tell me what you think. Go follow me on Twitter at Blake Andrew Pace for all of my gambling stuff, for all of my sports takes, uh, writing stuff. Um, So I appreciate you guys listening as always. I'll talk to you next week.